Welcome to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Our focus is the novel coronavirus. I'm Josh Sharfstein, a faculty member at Johns Hopkins and also a former secretary of Maryland's health department. Our goal with this podcast is to bring evidence and experts to help you understand today's news about the novel coronavirus and what it means for tomorrow. If you have questions, you can email them to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu for future podcast episodes. Today, I'm speaking to Dr. Lucy Wilson, Professor of Emergency Health Services at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Dr. Wilson is a leading expert in the area of infection control. In our discussion, Dr. Wilson explains how nursing homes can address the threat of the novel coronavirus, as well as how first responders can keep themselves safe. Let's listen. Dr. Wilson, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So uh, tell me what your job is right now at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. My job at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, is I'm a professor in the Department of Emergency Health Services. I'm also the program director for the graduate program in that department. And you're an infectious disease doctor. Yes, I am. And you worked for the state of Maryland. Yes. Um, What did you do for the state of Maryland? Well, I worked for 10 years at the Maryland Department of Health, where I was the chief of the Center for Surveillance, Infection Prevention, and Outbreak Response, which means I responded to infectious diseases, emerging infectious diseases, outbreaks in all types of setting, in the community, in hospitals, in nursing homes, and in institutions throughout the state. Were there a lot of outbreaks in nursing homes when you were responsible for infection control for the state? Well, outbreaks anywhere in most states are reportable to public health, and some of the most common outbreaks that are reported are in nursing homes and other long-term care facilities. So you had a lot of experience uh, investigating them and giving advice about uh, what they can do to address the situation. Yes. So let's talk about coronavirus. Okay. Um, There's a lot of concern for nursing homes long-term care facilities, um, otherwise known, with coronavirus. And certainly the situation in Seattle has really put the entire group of nursing homes and all the people who live there and all of their families on edge. Why is coronavirus such a risk for for nursing homes? Yeah, so the situation in Seattle is really interesting because it is the first outbreak of coronavirus, of this novel coronavirus in the United States. And in this setting, there have been multiple illnesses. There have been up to 10 deaths at this point, uh, I think eight deaths from this facility. Around 50 people connected to this nursing facility are ill and are undergoing testing, as far as I know, and half of those people are healthcare workers. Additionally, also first responders who responded to the illnesses are also under quarantine and being investigated for potential illness. So it's a really important outbreak to look at for our country as a whole for infection prevention in nursing homes. So um, if you were to get a call that there was a outbreak like this, you know, when you were at the state or if you were in the state of Washington and you go in there, what are you thinking right away? Well, I mean, first of all, just realizing that the nursing home population is a very vulnerable population. So it's not a hospital. It's somewhere between 
a hospital and a home. And so it's a congregate setting where many people live who are medically fragile. Uh, they often have roommates. They have shared activities. They dine together. They go to therapy together, like physical therapy. They also have care providers who are frequently in their rooms with them. Um, and they also have visitors, uh, again, trying to emphasize the home-like setting and 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 uh, maximizing human interaction for people in nursing homes. And likewise, these people may be less able to wash their hands, to control their cough, to take care of themselves uh, because of their medical vulnerability. So uh, in these settings, respiratory infections are very scary because they can spread very quickly. So something like novel coronavirus is obviously a great concern since nobody at all has immunity to novel coronavirus, and it's been shown in China to have much higher uh, death rates in the elderly and the medically vulnerable, as well as much higher uh, rates of just infection and illness in this population. Thank you. So I want to ask you about what to do to control an outbreak like this and also what these facilities can do to prevent an outbreak. So those go together very well. And what a facility would do to control and stop an outbreak in this setting is uh, very similar to what they would do with any respiratory outbreak in this setting. Um, So every long-term care or nursing facility has an infection control plan. They have a designated infection control nurse who tries to oversee that plan. So if they detected an illness like novel coronavirus with fever and cough, shortness of breath, pneumonia in their population, they would notify public health. They would post notification in that facility. They would double down on hand washing. They would make masks available to visitors and staff. They might screen staff and visitors as well as the residents for for respiratory symptoms. They would keep lists of who was sick and keep track of who was sick. And if things really got uh, pretty acute, they might cohort their residents. Cohorting means putting putting sick people in isolation or separating sick and well people so that there's a less of a risk of transmission to the well people. So it might mean using one wing of the nursing home and putting the sick residents there and then specifically designating staff to take care of them so they're not going back and forth between the well and the sick. So um, again, that social distancing, that cohorting, which is done in so many settings in a, in a big outbreak. And in some cases, do you think they might go so far as to say no visitors for a period of time? They could stop visitors. They often will close the facility to new admissions. So if somebody was going to be transferred from an outside hospital, they might stop that. They often will stop group activities. Uh, depending on the situation, They people might eat in their rooms instead of in the cafeteria. Um, and they would alert local hospitals uh, if they were transferring a sick patient out that there was an outbreak in that setting. So all of those things would also happen if COVID-19 presented itself in that setting. And other uh, measures they may take is uh, they might dedicate medical equipment to certain patients. They might use disposable stethoscopes or equipment. And a lot of this should be in their infection control plan in theory. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, all that causes a lot of strain for family members. I was reading about family members in Seattle who were just wondering what to do. Fortunately, you know, the phone lines still work. The Video chats still work, um, yes. but it is stressful not to be able to be there with your uh, loved one. And um, how do how do nursing homes cope with being able to handle that at the same time right. that they're trying it's a, to keep I think it's a really as- difficult situation for everyone uh, because the nursing home is trying to protect the residents as best they can in a very 
fast-changing situation. Um, so they are trying to communicate with public health, with outside health care, and with families. And they are trying to protect families and patients. And I think frustration can arise when that situation keeps changing and the message changes. And uh, people really want to get individual information about their loved one and be able to protect them as best as they can. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about the staff. Because, you know, if the staff say, you know, I don't want to go to work, that, that there's a humanitarian crisis at that, in any particular nursing home. So Definitely. What, what, what do nursing homes have to do to protect the staff? And more generally, as we think about first responders, mm-hmm. um, what has to be done? So generally for staff in long-term care or nursing, as I said, they're part of that infection control plan. So they should be receiving annual education on infection control. They should be up-to-date on their vaccines, like their influenza vaccine, their pneumonia vaccine if they need it, other vaccines. Uh, They should have regular communication, sometimes even daily morning huddles or uh, end of shift or beginning of shift huddles to know what the situation is. They should be given access to personal protective equipment like masks, gowns, and gloves, or whatever is needed in that particular situation. Uh, and they should learn how to put them on and take them off safely and feel like they're being protected by the facility so that they feel safe at work and they feel safe going home. One of the challenging issues um, facing the response right now is that sometimes if people are exposed to a case, even if they're a first responder, they're being told to go home for 14 days to see whether they get sick. Mm -hmm. This is just, you know, thinking about how long that can go on because you need people to be first responders. Right. So if there are enough cases, you can't have every first responder furloughed um, to answer when 911 is called. Yes. How is that playing out with first responders? So in terms of first responders, um, again, in this particular instance outside of Seattle in Kirkland, Washington, uh, about a quarter of the firefighting staff is on quarantine right now because they so many of them did respond to this one particular facility. So you can see if there were multiple outbreaks that very quickly, if you were quarantining your entire staff, that you would have a staffing problem. Um, so, you know, this... The quarantining and the monitoring of healthcare workers could evolve over time depending on what our needs are. Um, however, also at this point, first responders are better educated about the potential risk in that community so that they can take those personal protective measures like masks and gowns and gloves and eye protection when they enter a facility. So again, this increased communication and awareness so that they can prepare and the community can prepare for that as well. I think it's important that people realize that uh, first responders like EMS, paramedics, uh, EMTs, firefighters, police uh, may be working overtime, extra shifts to cover for others who are quarantined. They are tired uh, and they are stressed in a pretty dangerous situation where they don't know the acuity of the situation they're going into. They may not have as many tools as you would in a controlled hospital environment setting. So they're really under a lot of stress to make sure they're responding appropriately to each situation. wanted to ask you about how much confidence you have that the kind of measures you're talking about to protect first responders and to protect people who are residents of nursing homes, visitors to nursing homes, or the staff of nursing homes work. You know, um, how much confidence you have that we're going to see our way through this, that we have dealt with these sorts of situations or not. 
How do you feel right. about that? So we have dealt with these situations, like I said, outbreaks of infection, both respiratory and GI or gastrointestinal infections in nursing homes are very common and every state um, has to respond to these. Um, they do start and they do end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the faster that they are identified and recognized and the faster that the plans can be put into place and the faster that personal protective equipment can be implemented, the faster that residents can be isolated, all of those things, the entire outbreak ends more quickly. And so if all nursing homes are now on alert in a particular area that's affected and they can move forward with implementing their plan. If EMS can identify that they need to plan ahead, then the rates of infection can go down. Outbreaks can end more quickly in each individual setting, and uh, we can continue to move forward to try to uh, mitigate some of the effects of this novel virus. So there's a lot of work to be done, but uh, the work can pay dividends. Yes, and now everybody's alert, and hopefully they can implement the plans that they've been practicing for years and years. Great. Well, thank you so much for um, explaining that to me. I really appreciate uh, your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Please send questions to be covered in future podcasts to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. This podcast is produced by Josh Sharpstein, Lindsay Smith-Rogers, and Lamari Morales. Audio production by Niall Owen-McCusker with support from Chip Hickey. Distribution by Nick Moran. Thank you for listening.